Welcome to First and Goal, an NFL podcast presented by Fansource Network. Here are your hosts, Lamar Fields and Dion Bent. For joining us for our inaugural episode of First and Goal, an NFL podcast that is sponsored by the lovely folks over at Fansource Network. My name is Dion Bent, and I am one of your hosts. I'm here with our other co-host, Lamar Fields. Lamar, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Good. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. Really excited to talk some football. Kind of an East Coast versus West Coast kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. So I want to get everybody excited about our podcast. And I wanted to kind of introduce both of us so that people get a, a little bit of a knowledge of what we're about, who do we support, and all of that. So I'll start off and then you can go after. So my name is Dion. Um, I am a New England Patriots fan, which means I'm probably hated by 31 teams <laughs> in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I am born and raised in Boston, so I've been a fan my whole life. Um, and I love football. I love the NFL, especially being a girl who has grown up around it, who really understands the plays and calls schemes out, everything else. It's been a really big factor um, for me, but I've loved it. I've really, really enjoyed everything about it. So I'm excited to kind of be a co-host for the podcast. How about you? Yeah, I grew up uh, a Raiders fan. I grew up in the Bay Area, and my dad was a big-time Raiders fan, so that's why I'm a fan. I've been watching football ever since the age of five, which was in 1988. I just love the game from all levels, peewee, high school, college. I love all games of football. Awesome. That is really exciting. Well, we have our greatness with the offseason that is starting this week. Lots of teams have started to report to camp, and I'm excited about that because that means football is right around the corner. So we have a couple of things that we wanted to talk about with you guys on this episode. Basically, every week we'll be releasing something Um, Whether there's some highlighted topics when season starts, during preseason, what to look out for, transactions that are happening, any last-minute changes to the team, who's hurt, who's healthy, and who's going to win the Super Bowl, most importantly. So, the first episode, we're just going to dive into the offseason a little bit. Lamar, what are some of the biggest titles, the biggest highlights that have happened this offseason, what are some of the biggest things that you've seen and you're just like, what is going on in the NFL this year? Uh, Antonio Brown getting traded to the Raiders. I did not see that ha- happening. I remember I, when it happened, I was half asleep and I had a people text messaging me. I looked at a notification and I woke up dead out of my sleep and wrote a story about it for FanSource, I believe. And yes. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, I did not see that happening at all. I knew he might get traded, but I didn't see the Raiders as a possible destination at all. Uh, Phil should be be good for the Raiders. He's a hard worker. I see all his off-season off workouts on Instagram and Twitter and all that. It's just that him, him, and Devin, him and Derek Carr can get a good camaraderie going. Because, you know, he's one of those players where if he ain't getting the ball enough, he'll start voicing his pleasure and it could be all bad for the team. So, Hopefully they get it. Hopefully they get it together fast, and great things can happen. Absolutely, 
I think that's one of the biggest uh, questions that are heading into the 2019 season is will Antonio Brown really produce if he doesn't get fed the ball that much or if he's not getting passes, if he's not open? You know, what what does that look like from the coaching standpoint if he doesn't get fed the ball too often too early or if they go with a different running scheme or something else? Like, what does that look like? Does he sit out? Does he pull a Le'Veon Bell? Or does he continue to produce because he's in a different, you know, he's in a different scheme completely. He's in a different side of the world, different conference. All of those things are going to be important for AB this year, I believe. Yeah, I believe so, too. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So one of the other things that one of the biggest things that I think is a story, but I don't feel like it's such a story. This also relates to New England is everybody thinks that Gronk's going to come back (laughs) after his retirement after last season. And my thing is he's enjoying retirement a lot right now. Honestly, he, he feels, I feel like he's played it out. He's done. He's done a great job. Gronk's ready to live the high life, if you will. But if he does come back, I don't think he'd come back until the last four games of the season, um, but heading into playoffs, honestly, because I, I feel like we're a lock for playoffs. But, you know, I don't, I don't think if, if he does come back, it's that. But I don't know. I, I feel like he's he's hung up his cleats for good. What do you think? I think so, too. He's been banged up over the last few years, and that takes mm-hmm. a toll on you, and when you hurt a lot, it take you take a lot to get ready for the games and through the week, all the stuff you gotta go through and stuff, all the stuff you gotta go to to get your body ready, ice bath, round the clock treatment it takes a toll after a while. Exactly, and he he's a hard, fast player. You know, it's not like it's not like Gronk and Gronk played all positions very well. He was a blocking tight end. He was a receiving tight end. He played, he played wide out sometimes, you know, like he played everything. So, and he fell hard and fast. So I think, I think that was it of Gronk and I'm happy he, he went out on top. Salute to the sheriff. Keep moving, you know? Yeah. Where you get, so. where you get seriously hurt for your, for the rest of your life. Still got a whole lot of life to leave after football. Exactly. I don't be walking around crippled and like that. That would suck. Exactly. And he's so young still. I mean, only 30 years old, which is old in the football sense, but young in the rest of your life sense. You know what I mean? You're just starting out. And for somebody to say, oh, well, he can come back and continue on. Well, at, there's a certain part, there's a certain point in your life, too, when he's gone through all he's gone through from his injuries from back at um, University of Arizona. I mean, he's not had it easy. Um, yeah. But to be able to be where he is and to get to the uh, accolades that he has um, in the last nine years in the NFL has been an accomplishment for sure. So, yeah, absolutely. So, so training camp, this is a fun topic because this week we have a lot of teams reporting, a lot of players reporting. Rookie season is starting for everybody who was recruited um, this last draft. And, I mean, this is what football fans are looking most looking forward to. So let me ask you, have you ever attended a training camp before? Have you ever seen any practices or anything like that out there on the West Coast? Yeah, I've been to a couple of Raider, training, Raider, Raider training camps. 
walk me through that for somebody who's never been what does that look like for you what how does it feel as a fan and you're watching things going on are are there things that you didn't expect to see are there things that were surprises just walk me through that I was surprised that at music, music doing the practice and stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. I know I played football in high school and was never no music out there playing, going to flow right. through practice. But everything else was cool. Break each, each, each team, each uh, player break off in their individual position groups. Mm-hmm. Pretty much like your standard practice, working on fundamentals and coaches getting after them and. Pretty standard. That's awesome. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of people I know. Um, I've been to a Patriots training camp once in my life because uh, I currently live in Florida. So I'm not able to be close, up close and personal with the Patriots as much as I'd like to when I was living in Boston. But um, it is great. It's good to see, you know, you're watching all of these players just practicing together and they, they act like you're not even there. You know, they're yeah. so involved in making sure that they're working on their fundamentals and their basics. And it's, it's really fun watching the rookies come out and just enjoying the camaraderie and, you know, yeah. just being a part of this now football season and donning the practice jerseys and everything. I was like, it's really official once that first whistle blows, essentially. Yeah. Great. Nothing like foot. Nothing like from football in there. Absolutely. So in training camp, um, one of the things that they really do try to hone in is position groups and certain positions playing each other. What would you say is one of the top things to look for at training camp? Position groups that are battling it out. What are some things that you look for? Look for uh, concentration, players, and players, players being focused and. Because uh, gotta be focused out there. If you want to be the top dog at your spot, you gotta be willing to pull in that work after practice and before practice. Absolutely. I mean, it's so important as yeah. players to, you know, because you're fighting for a 53 man roster spot and you don't know how many of each position group they're gonna take, you know, depending on what kind of schemes they're going to be utilizing when it comes to the regular season, whether or not they're going more with the running game, should you be on offense, whether they're going on the defensive side of the ball, like how many linebackers are they bringing in, how many, you know, safeties, free safeties, outside safeties, what are, you know, so you're always working hard to be number one. And I think a lot of uh, people don't, really necessarily get that that there even if you have been a veteran you're still fighting for a roster spot so to speak because you yeah. never know what the scheme is and what the plan is for each of these people going forward so yeah you never know what the coaching staff be thinking exactly and a moment's notice you can yeah. you can walk away <laughs> you can yeah. go from being on top to being right at the bottom you know yeah that's awesome. So I have two fun questions that I kind of wanted to throw out there and kind of get us chit-chatting more about the season. But who would you say is the most overrated NFL squad that is coming out of the offseason? Which team do you think has been talked about the most? Everyone thinks they're going to overproduce. Everyone thinks they're going to be the greatest. And not the one, and you know, whatever you think. But I'm curious to find out who do you think is the most Overrated squad this year. Um, I'm gonna go with the Cleveland Browns. Yes, I know Why? they got. Go I, ahead. I, I know they got all the talent on Beckham and Hunt and all the guys, but 
that's a team right there where if they get off to a slow start, it can implode fast. I think exactly. they I think they're I think they one of them teams that if it's if they're going good, it's gonna be good. But if it hit a rough spot, it's gonna explode with all them different personalities in their locker room. That's exactly from what I've seen over the years with teams teams like that. Exactly. And one of the things that I've kind of discussed with people over time too has been, oh, well, they're really good on paper, but until they get on the field, until you see how they work together as a union, you you won't know what that team could be or can't be. And I feel like everyone's talking about the Browns being playoff contenders, which is a possibility. I mean, I'm not I'm not doubting their talent, I'm not doubting their ability. Oh, yeah. But I haven't seen them together. I don't know how OBJ is going to be. I don't know how Baker Mayfield is going to be. Kareem Hunt now coming back. And it, there's so many moving pieces and parts. And yes, every player that they have is a top tier talent. I mean, they're or they're or they're on their way there. You know, they have a lot to prove. I mean, this is a 2019 is a season for them to, you know, produce and give as much as they can to the frontier, or they're just going to be told like you guys were one and three three years ago you know you know this is not this is not something that they you know that they're gonna they have to prove a lot essentially bottom line is they have a lot to prove and a lot of people will be watching them so yeah a lot gonna come down a lot gonna come down to the coaching staff how they can manage those attitudes and different egos on the team exactly exactly and and I think that there's that's something to say when you've got a lot of talent on one team. And that's why you don't see too many NFL teams bringing in hordes of talent because they understand that the egos start to clash and depending on their position groups and what they were at their old squads. Like, again, you're, you're bringing in people who have been the standalone on their previous team and now you're putting them all together in one spot. I mean, that's going to – lots of temp- tempers will flare, I'm sure. I'm sure there will be attitudes. I'm sure they'll try to fake it till they make it. But, I mean, let's be honest. You're looking at – especially with OBJ coming from the Giants. You know, he was a – he had a, a very talented receiver, obviously, and I'm giving him that credit. But the attitude and the ego is going to come into play a little bit here, I feel. Yeah, yeah. I think it is too. Absolutely. Well, only time will tell, honestly. (laughs) Only time will tell until it all kind of comes together at the end. But so, on the opposite side of the ball, who do you think is the most underrated squad coming out of the offseason? I kind of like Tampa Bay and that Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that, that underrated team. Just the fact that Bruce Arians. He's a, I think he's a hell of a coach. Yep. yep. And it, but the thing is, they are in a tough division, though, with the Saints and Carolina and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be tough, but I still think they can – they got a good coaching staff in place. It's just going to come down to what Jameis Winston is going to do. He got to stop turning the ball over so much. But it's the pieces in place. Exactly. The pieces in place for them. So, so I would like them as my underrated team. Yeah, I think I honestly feel like the uh, Bucks have a good chance too. I mean, 
living in Tampa, you see everybody. It's hard though, because when you you know you know if the team is not doing so well, the support's not really there. People still love football, but I think they've made some really great um, changes this year with coaching and with personnel and players. And I feel like this will be a good year for them to. Re- it's a proving year, really, for Jameis. To be honest, um, it really is a big proving year. But at the same time. I think he's got some good personnel around him to hopefully get him back to a good spot, you know. Yeah, I think so too. You got the best. You got one of the best coaches to help help quarterback help him with uh, Bruce Aaron. Pretty good with quarterbacks. Saw what he did for Carson Palmer when he was in Arizona. Exactly, exactly, and that should be that should be motivation for Winston enough to utilize the essentially the help around him to in the support and the really the management that Bruce Arians brings to the table. I think that was a, such a great pickup for, for Tampa Bay. Um, but yeah, I, I hope they do well, but at the same time, you know, it's like, again, it goes with the egos and the willingness and wanting to do it. And yeah. Tampa needs that. I think Tampa really does need that. So for me, I have been kind of keeping my eye on the Minnesota Vikings. as one of the unruly teams of the year. Um, I feel like two years ago, because of how well they were playing and how well everything happened, then the following year, Kirk Cousins kind of, it kind of went into a little bit of a slump. You know, it was like such a great, everyone's like on this big high from them being in the playoffs and all this other stuff. And then it just kind of tumbled down. But I feel like, um, Mike Zimmer can really bring this whole squad together. And I think that they are going they're they're gonna be quiet but deadly this year. Cause you've got I mean, you've got the Bears, you've got the Lions, yeah. and you've got the Packers in the division, which is you know, as we know, it's a very strong division. However, I feel like what's gonna happen is the slow but steady steady crawl up the leaderboard is going to help them across the board. I feel like they've got a good squad. I feel like they learned from last year. It wasn't really a rebuilding year because it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't where they were at two seasons ago, essentially. Yeah, they got two good all-pro receivers. Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook. Yeah, they got all the pieces. Just need the offensive line mm-hmm. to hold up, and the defense is good, too. So they definitely got all the pieces. Exactly. I mean, if they honestly – last season, you know – didn't they have a tie game last season? So they were like, should have been eight and eight or something. But I think it was like eight and seven and yeah, one. Man, I think I was think what. Yeah. So honestly, learning from the and I think I think with teams who have made it to the playoffs and then kind of have slipped back a little bit um, in their rankings the following year, the following two years, they have that opportunity to kind of go up from there because you can't fall down. You need to go up in the rankings, especially when you're going against the Bears and the Packers. And, you know, they've got a lot that they have to prove as well. But I feel like um, because they play with that West Coast style of offense, Mm -hmm. um, it'll be more play action and a lot – there's going to be more opportunities for those receivers to really show out. And I think that will be the difference – this year, based before, um, based on last year, essentially. Yeah, I think so too. They, everybody can stay healthy. Dalvin Cook really gonna be exactly. the Dalvin Cook gonna really be the key for them. If he if he plays well and 
I think the sky's the limit for the Vikings. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's my uh my little underrated team <laughs> this season. I'll be watching them with the little eagle eye. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So so here's another fun question. Um everybody hates Tom Brady and wants him out of the league. <laughs> As has been and especially you being a Raiders fan, um kind of was a team that the Patriots and really Tom Brady got his turnaround from him starting his 20th year in the league. Where do you feel that he will eventually call it quits? I will say he'll play this year and next year and he'll be done. Mm Mm-hmm. As long as he can stay upright and Yep, right, and he get rid of the ball fast, and he knows he's mm-hmm. not defenses, so he he stayed basically untouched a lot during the game. It's hard to get to him when you get rid of the ball so quick. Mm-hmm. I say another two years before you hang it up. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, my theory has always kind of been, especially after last season, if he makes it to another Super Bowl and loses. He's coming back for another chance. Yeah. If he makes it to another Super Bowl and wins, I feel like that's going to be the itch to kind of like, all right, <laughs> you you kind of done enough. <laughs> yeah. And not that I mean, I'm obviously a big Patriots fan, of course. I don't. I know that that day is coming. I mean, I surprise it's been this long, honestly, <laughs> that I've been a fan and been able to see the same head coach and same quarterback, but you know that time is coming and I'm trying to mentally prepare myself for not seeing Brady suited up and, you know, watching the league is happy. I know I have friends and family that are all like, Oh my gosh, this guy needs to retire already. And I'm like, I I understand. I get it. I'm holding on. (laughs) Holding on with still playing at a high level. So, I mean, exactly. And you can't take that away from players. I mean, you look at you look at guys like Brett Favre, who came back because he was excited about that, and he wanted to continue to play in the league. He wanted to have that motivation. And you look at guys like Peyton Manning, who was yes, he was kind of hobbling to the end there in the last Super Bowl, but he he honestly he made it there, crippled, but <laughs> but he made it there and went out on top. Um, and you, you just look at some of the guys that have been a part of these squads for years and years, and they've just carried their team, whether or not they were struggling or whether or not they were on top. And it's like the love of the game kind of overshadows anything else sometimes. But there's a point where mental health and physicality and, you know, family and everything starts to come into play. And I think a lot of these guys realize there's a certain point where, okay, I think we've done enough. Yeah. You know, so I'm excited, though. I'm really, really excited for this season. I'm excited to explore this podcast some more and see where everything heads. Um, Looking forward to next week where we continue to dive into a little bit more of some position groups um, and what's happening for your squad, for my squad, squads across the league. Maybe we'll get some hints of what are uh, the uh, power squad in the Cleveland Browns are doing this year and <laughs> we'll be able to kind of ch- chat about that a little bit more but yeah, I'm excited Mark. really excited. 
Yeah, I'm excited. Yes, I'm, absolutely. I'm excited. My squad going to be on, on hard knock, so I get to see some behind-the-scenes stuff. <laughs> exactly. No, I think I love getting that inside look to the squads and what they're yeah. what they're going on about and what's happening. I think it'll be a great little exposure for them, and hopefully that even encourages them to, you know, play their very best at the top, the eliteness, you know, yeah. get all eyes on them all, in all aspects, not just because of football, but because of hard knocks as well. Yeah, well, definitely. Absolutely. All righty. Well, everybody, you can tune in next week to hear our second episode of First and Goal. And I am your host, Dion Bent, and this is Lamar Fields. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank Bye. You.